This is the San Francisco Experience with your host, Jim Hurley. Independent news commentary with a California perspective and a global audience featuring newsmakers, thought leaders, and authors. Season 15, Episode 20, Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. Will she or won't she? When Speaker Nancy Pelosi's U.S. Air Force C-40 jet emblazoned with the United States of America took off from San Francisco on Saturday, China-based trolls tracked the route of the aircraft across the Pacific and made it available to web users worldwide. Angry rhetoric from sources in China spoke of, quote, unbearable consequences to Taiwan if Pelosi proceeded with her trip, and some hotheads even threatened to shoot down her plane. So what's going on? Will she be the first high-level U.S. elected official since Newt Gingrich in 1997, that is 25 years ago, to set foot in Taiwan? And if so, what is behind the trip? And why is the Chinese government so touchy about this matter? In today's episode, we'll discuss the issues around this high-profile move and Nancy Pelosi's relationship with China. But first, her official itinerary for the trip lists four destinations, namely Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea, and Japan, with nary a mention of Taiwan. The stated focus of the trip is Indo-Pacific relations. So how did the thorny subject of Taiwan work its way into her agenda? The first reports of her possible stop in Taiwan surfaced in the Financial Times last week, but the source of the story was unclear. Was it her office who leaked the story, or was it a Biden administration spokesman or official who wanted to pressure her to drop the planned stop? It's unclear at this point, but the subject did come up in the two-hour phone call, which was somewhat contentious, between China's President Xi Jinping and President Biden last Friday. To be clear, a trip to Taiwan is Speaker Pelosi's initiative and not a Biden administration plan. It appears to be an uncoordinated move by the Speaker's office and more about grand gestures rather than mutual help for Taiwan. And it would not be the first time. In September 1991, then-Congresswoman Nancy Pelosi, on a trip to Beijing with a congressional delegation, unfurled a pro-democracy banner in Tiananmen Square to commemorate the Chinese students who were killed when the Chinese army crushed pro-democracy demonstrations in 1989. After her gesture, she and two other members of Congress drove off, but several reporters who had been following her delegation were roughed up and detained by the Chinese authorities. But now, 31 years later, and amidst more fraught relations between China and America, is this the right moment for a high-profile gesture 
that doesn't further the Biden administration's foreign policy goals with China or Taiwan. It's important to look at the backstory here. Nancy Pelosi was first elected to Congress in 1986 to represent San Francisco. San Francisco, of course, has deep historical ties to China and Taiwan, dating back to the 1849 gold rush and even earlier. Approximately 30% of San Francisco voters are Chinese American. Cultural, commercial, educational, and strategic ties are multi-layered between the two countries. In 1979, as the United States switched its diplomatic recognition from Taiwan to the People's Republic of China, President Jimmy Carter asked then Mayor Dianne Feinstein to create the first sister city relationship between China and the United States with the San Francisco-Shanghai Sister City Committee. The importance of this strategic link-up cannot be underestimated, and it served as a conduit to open up China to American technology know-how, higher education, scientific research, cultural enrichment, and exchanges on many different levels. At the time of that first opening, Americans assumed, somewhat naively, that China would also adopt more democratic practices and an open society. The 1989 pro-democracy movement in China and the 2018-2019 democracy protest in Hong Kong were closely followed here in the San Francisco Bay Area. So Speaker Pelosi, based on her San Francisco district and close links to both the Chinese American community as well as then Mayor Feinstein and today Senator Dianne Feinstein, has had a long and deep involvement with many aspects of America's strategic focus on China for the last 40 plus years. The history of Taiwan also needs to be mentioned. Described as a renegade province by Beijing, its history is more complicated than that. In fact, the People's Republic of China, since its creation in 1949, has never ruled Taiwan. Taiwan, or Formosa, was occupied by Japan from 1895 to 1945. It was ceded to Japan after the Japanese victory in the First Sino-Japanese War. Taiwan was Japanese first colony. It was heavily developed as a model colony by the Japanese, and Japan formally renounced its sovereignty over Taiwan only in 1952 in the Treaty of San Francisco. But as a result of the Republic of China forces being defeated, and of course they were led by General Chiang Kai-shek, and they were defeated by the People's Republic of China and the People's Liberation Army, led by Mao Zedong in 1949, the Republic of China government and Chiang Kai-shek's followers fled to Taiwan, and they set up their government in Taipei, the capital of Taiwan. The U.S. continued to recognize the Republic of China based in Taiwan as the sole ruler of China from 1949 
until 1979. Since then, the United States has downgraded its embassy and its relationship with, with Taiwan, I should say, but it still actively supports Taiwan's defense. So with that historical backdrop and China's new alliance with Russia, which continues to pursue its war of aggression in Ukraine, China, too, has adopted a more aggressive foreign policy towards its immediate neighbors, including Taiwan. Pelosi's unfurling of a pro-democracy banner in Beijing in 1991 was one thing. But visiting Taiwan at this historic moment in 2022, as China flexes its power on the world stage, is potentially much more provocative. For a start, she's now Speaker of the House and the second in line of succession to the U.S. presidency. Chinese-American relations are already at a low ebb after four years of the Trump administration's trade tariffs, the global COVID pandemic, and a growing concern that China might attempt to seize Taiwan by force. Biden has said three times in recent months that the United States would defend Taiwan if it was attacked. Though his White House aides have walked that statement back on a couple of occasions. It looks like the president, Nancy Pelosi, and the U.S. military are not on the same page as regards Taiwan. And into this model steps the Speaker of the House with a proposed trip to Taiwan, which no one except her seems to want. And if the trip happens, it doesn't appear to be linked to any broader U.S. foreign policy goals vis-a-vis -vis China or Taiwan. Nevertheless, Speaker Pelosi tweeted that her six-person congressional delegation tour would seek to reaffirm America's unshakable commitment to our allies and friends in the region. Her original plan was to visit Taiwan in April, but she postponed the trip after she tested positive for COVID-19. And earlier in July, she said it was important for us to show support for Taiwan. And President Biden, who is a close political ally of Nancy Pelosi, has said that the U.S. military believes that her visit to Taiwan is, quote, not a good idea right now, unquote. A statement from her office on Sunday said that the tour would focus on mutual security, economic partnerships, and democratic governance in the Indo-Pacific region. Their talks will cover trade, the climate crisis, and human rights. Accompanying the speaker are the following members of the House of Representatives, Gregory Meeks, Mark Takano, Susan Del Ben, Raja Krishnamurthy, and Andy Kim. The Beijing authorities have been dealing with Speaker Pelosi's opposition to their authoritarian rule for many years, and she has been relentless. In addition to the 1991 Tiananmen Square protest, she has actively lobbied Chinese leaders on behalf of political prisoners. She's opposed Chinese bids to host the Olympics, and she has pushed for China's trade status to be linked to its human rights record as well 
as having sought to attach conditions to China's accession to the World Trade Organization. However, both former presidents Bush and Clinton have opposed her moves against China over the years. But President Biden, given the wafer-thin Democratic majority in Congress, can ill afford to alienate Speaker Pelosi, which may explain why his administration appears to be in a muddle in managing the Speaker's desire to visit Taiwan on this trip. And there is also much support in the Democratic Party and the United States as a whole to take a tougher stance on China and to support Taiwan. China's warning of, quote, serious consequences if she proceeds with her visit are not to be taken lightly. And even though President Biden told reporters that the military thinks it's not a good idea, the White House has called the Chinese rhetoric against the trip as being unhelpful and not necessary. So we now come back to our original question at the outset of the podcast as regards Nancy Pelosi's trip to Taiwan. Will she or won't she? Our sources for today's podcast include Foreign Policy Magazine, the BBC, the Financial Times, and CNN. And for my listeners, today's episode is number 305 as we continue to mark our second year anniversary The San Francisco experience is carried on 19 platforms, Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, among others. And we have a global audience in 65 countries. This has been the San Francisco experience with your host, Jim Herlihy, coming to you from San Francisco.